You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the LA International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in LA since 1989. You know, it's easy to forget that Joseph and Mary have their lives turned upside down. They're minding their own business, planning a wedding, and then an angel appears. And he says, you are going to become pregnant. You're going to give birth to the one that we'll call the Son of God. And poor Mary starts to freak out, right? She stopped listening right after, you're going to be pregnant. She didn't hear any of the rest of what he had to say. She misses the part about being the mother of the Son of God. All she can think about is how she's a virgin. I've learned this in my first year of marriage. Women are always thinking one step ahead. Mary's like, I have a question. How can this be? Can you blame her for her concern? She knew what the law said. Everyone knew what the law said. How was she supposed to explain this? You know, we look at Mary and go, wow, you get to be the mother of Jesus. What an honor. I would trade places with you in a heartbeat. You were chosen. What an incredible thing, Mary. But Mary's going, this is not a good thing. This is a death sentence. The Jews were very familiar with capital punishment. Mary had for sure seen people killed before for breaking the Lord's commands. Women, we got to remember, women had next to no rights in the first century. Mary lived in a man's world. Who's going to believe her? She's thinking about her life. She's thinking about her marriage. What's her fiancé going to think? when she's got a bun in the oven. Let's look at Joseph for a minute. This poor guy Joseph right here. Why did the angel have to appear to him so late? You ever wonder that? He would have rather found out that sooner, don't you think? Imagine everything he's feeling at this time. The initial shock, the confusion, probably anger next. He was heated, but I bet he was also crushed. Like, man, I thought she was the one. I got dumped three times before I met Alexis. And it hurts sometimes what a woman can do to you. Joseph's going, how could she do this to me? And what an embarrassing thing. People talking about it. The gossip around town. Verse 19 says, Joseph was a righteous man. I bet his faith was shaken a bit. Pouring out his heart to God in prayer like, what did I do to deserve this? As soon as the angel showed up, Joseph and Mary's plans went right out the window. This sure wasn't how either of them drew it up. You ever been there? You've got a strong desire or or you've chosen a direction, but it seems like God has something else in mind. I fell in love with Alexis, not in L.A., 
Not in Boston, not even in Virginia, where she went to college. I fell in love with Alexis in the UK, baby. London, England. There we are. Sadek and Kristen Nasir started telling me about Alexis as soon as I arrived across the pond. But when I sent her my first Facebook message, her inbox filtered it. And she didn't see it for four months. Finally, she got my message. We FaceTimed. Sparks flew. And in no time, I had fallen head over heels in love. And the rest, as they say, is history. But as you can tell, I don't have a British accent. I was in London working for the church, leading their downtown campus ministry. And I was struggling before I met Alexis. I felt so called to move there, to leave home, to sacrifice. I had dreams of seeing miracle after miracle and and tripling the size of their campus ministry. But all the things that we had done in Boston weren't working in London. I was working my tail off and just not seeing the breakthroughs. I became frustrated. I became discouraged. I felt so lonely. This wasn't how I had pictured it when I said, here am I and me. I started to give in to fear. I started giving in to doubt. I started to pull back my heart. The students weren't happy. At one point, some of them pulled a prank and said they were going to ask the elders to straighten me out. And I believed them. They're like, just kidding. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Okay, good. That wasn't real. Great. When we don't get our way, when things don't work out the way we hoped they would, it's easy to give up on your faith and start making all the wrong decisions. But that's not what Joseph and Mary did. It's amazing how they responded to God's Word. They set aside their own comfort and decided they were going to surrender to the will of God. They are the heroes of this story. Let's keep reading. Back to Luke. We'll pick it up in chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. You ever wonder why, if Jesus is from Nazareth, how was he born in Bethlehem? They took up a census. Verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her, to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, many other angels came down from heaven and joined in praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We'll stop right there. Mary's adventure continues as she's forced to have her first child on the floor of a stable so that God's gift for all mankind can emerge from truly the most humble of circumstances. A sign that the Savior would be beyond the reach of no person, great or small. And then almost as if to underscore Christ's accessibility, a handful of shepherds get a personal invitation and a brief concert from angels. How cool is that? Alexis and I, this past week, we were watching uh, a movie called The Nativity. (laughs) To prepare for this message, I watched a movie, did some research. But we were watching the movie... And there's a point in the scene where where Jesus is born and the shepherds come and one of the shepherds, fresh out of the fields for like a week or two, reaches out and touches baby Jesus. And it's like this epic emotional moment. I look over Lexus and she is weeping. And all I can think to myself is, that didn't happen. That didn't happen, right? There's no way, right? Mary's like, get your hands away from my child. Don't you know how susceptible a newborn infant is to germs and and disease? You've been in the field all week. Get away. Can I hold him? No, you can't hold him. Where did you even come from? It's the middle of the night. You know what? Everybody out. Visiting hours are over. But actually, I think these shepherds set an example for us. When the angel gives them direction, what do they do? And what's the one thing a shepherd should never, ever do under any circumstances? Leave the sheep. I've never been a shepherd. But I'm pretty sure that that's like the number one rule of being a shepherd, right? They leave. They abandon the flock in order to go see Jesus. Sometimes God calls us to stop. Stop what we're doing and seek Him. He asks for our attention. And He deserves it. But that doesn't mean it's easy to focus 
on him and devote ourselves to him. December has to be the busiest month of the year, right? But guess what? You're going to be busy in January. You're going to be busy in February. You're going to be busy in March. Maybe you've been waiting for the right moment to get serious about your faith. You know, we want our schedules to part like the Red Sea. I'm totally free. Wow, I have nothing else going on right now. I want to take my faith to the next level. It doesn't usually happen like that. I hate to break it to you. If an all-powerful God exists, then we should conform to His will, shouldn't we? Instead of the other way around. These shepherds had a good excuse to pass on Jesus. They were working. They were right in the middle of something very important. But they left the flock behind for two reasons. One, something better came along. And two, they trusted God. They trusted God, right? Imagine that they're just thinking, what, what's going to happen to the sheep? What's going to happen to, to our jobs? What's going to happen? I'm going to move this guy right here. What's going to happen, right, when we leave? We're never going to get hired to be shepherds again when this is on our resume. What are we going to do? What about tomorrow? What do we do then? For some of you, it's time to stop what you're doing, trust God, and go see Jesus. I want to urge you to have that conversation today with with the person who invited you here. Set up time this week. Go get coffee and sit down and look at God's Word. Take some time to go, what does the Bible actually say about becoming a Christian? You're going to get a lot of different uh, uh, prescriptions and ideas about how that works in the religious community, but what does the Bible say? I've never taken time to do that. To just sit down and go, what does the Bible say it means? To be saved, to get converted, to become a Christian. Don't let all the craziness of the holidays keep you from making the decision to study the Bible. Amen? Let's finish back in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, 
and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. If we could hit the lights, if that's possible, that would be fantastic. This, this incredible night may have looked something like this. son is the promised king of his people. What is his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. close by looking at the Magi and the lesson they teach us still today. 
These guys are thought by most scholars to be Zoroastrian astrologer priests. Matthew records only that they came from the east, but it's likely that they began their journey in Persia, which is modern-day Iran. We're talking about a 700-mile journey one way. Imagine, can you imagine taking a camel from Santa Monica to Salt Lake City? That's 700 miles. A trip like this took months, not weeks. The Magi devoted so much time, energy, and money to worship Christ. That kind of a decision doesn't make sense normally. That kind of a decision isn't logical. They had to tell people that they were leaving. Do you think their wives, their families, their peers, their neighbors understood why they were doing this? This journey right here was all about faith. These guys caught a vision. They caught a dream. And refused to let anything stand in their way. What would that kind of faith look like in your life? The Magi followed a star. What direction would you set off in? When God became flesh and came to the earth, it moved people beyond emotion. It moved them beyond words. It moved people to action. They jumped to their feet and they took off. What faith adventure are you going to go on to honor the King? This is a busy time of year for sure. But we've got an opportunity to do something great for God. Let's make the most of it. Amen? It's been fantastic to celebrate together this morning. Thank you for having me. Let's stand together and sing as we close out our service. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.